0: Our goal is always to talk to interesting people, and primarily we're in the sports world. But every once in a while we like to get somebody on who has a different story to tell. And this particular guest just sort of blew me away with the stories, the sincerity, but also the mission to help other people. And when I was introduced to Thistle, that's T-H-I-S-L, it was through a publicist, Jane Higgins, that I've known for years. Jane used to do PR for Nelly and... Fernando Vina and Bo Hart and just all sorts of folks around town, not just sports and celebrities, but charities and foundations. Jane sort of knows everybody. And she said, I've got this guy I want you to meet. His name is Travis. And Travis Tyler Tremaine or Travis Tremaine Tyler. Be nice to get the guy's name right. But he goes by Fizzle when he was on the road. And he came out of the mean streets of St. Louis. And his story to me is sounds like when we watched the movie, the show, The Wire, where these kids are 10, 11, 12, and either you get into the drug dealing business or you're on the outs in the neighborhood. So it's a really powerful story, but also inspirational because he wants to help kids, wants to save their lives and, and to do it ahead of time. So Fizzle, who really doesn't go by that name anymore, Christian rapper, again, a genre I'm not familiar with. We met moments before we recorded the segment he was a guest on the Kilquinn Conversation, which is a nightly radio show here in St. Louis from 6 to 7 p.m. Monday through Thursday on KTRS, the Big 550. And primarily sports guests, but hopefully we get the biggest names. We're going to break down Mizzou, Ohio State with Orlando Pace, my favorite local Buckeye. But we try and get uh, different folks on who have a good story to tell. And this guy really, it, it lit up the text line. People were like, this guy's Unbelievable. So hopefully more people will hear his story. And uh, I think he wants people to get on board as well with what he's trying to do to get to these young boys before it's too late. The Killcoin Conversation coming to you as always from the Pasta House studios. This time of year on the run because of the holidays. You've already got sports up and running. I always encourage folks, let Pasta House do the cooking for you. It's real simple. You can order online, pastahouse.com. Every one of those meals for the whole family comes with so much food. Everything's made fresh. Salads, breads, awesome. Every pasta dish, fresh and tasty. Pastahouse.com, instead of doing the cooking, just go online and order ahead. Missouri Athletic Club, one of our great sponsors as well. They've got two different locations beautiful, historic downtown building on Washington Avenue. Got the Jack Buck Sports Awards coming up this week. They also have the West Clubhouse. If you've got kids, it's great for sports activity, especially wintertime. Get inside and use the gym, work on the basketball. Mom and dad can sign up and learn tennis, learn how to play squash, aerobics, spinning. Get yourself healthy this time of year. Missouri Athletic Club, a little something for everyone. mac-stl.org Triad Bank, probably our longest running sponsor. All of the Kill Coin Podcasts over the years. Neighborhood Friendly Bank, based in St. Louis since 2005. If you're a business owner trying to get things done and you're getting the runaround, talk to the folks at Triad Bank right here in town, Clayton Road in Frontenac, also on Olive, just west of 270. On the web, it's triadbanking.com. Appliance Discounters, again, a longtime sponsor of all of our segments. Maybe for the family, a new fridge, new washer and dryer, maybe that's just for mom and dad, but it'd be kind of fun to get a new appliance this time of year. And when you deal with Appliance Discounters, you know... You're paying the absolute lowest prices out there in fact they'll go around and price check just to make sure everything they're offering is in fact the lowest they go around to the big box stores just to make sure they have all the big name brands at the lowest prices a lot of general electric rebates over the years just getting that search engine ge can save you a ton of money appliance discounters again a great sponsor of the kilcoin conversation and our friends at marie de villa senior living hopefully saw the coverage on fox 2 the tree lighting out at marita villa last week such a great event for the whole community to come out i mean they had reindeer there was a petting zoo we had some fake snow flying through the air my guy fred and mary fred and mary Kay, my guy fred and then his lovely wife mary Kay. the two of them the weeds hands own marita villa senior living but they just love being festive they're giving out presents to all the kids hot chocolate it was just such a great event in fact we did a tko on it you can find the Killcoin Opinion, that's online, and see what I'm talking about. He had Ozzie Smith and Andy Van Slyke and Rick Horton and all these folks, former athletes, hanging out. Marie de Villa, senior living, corner of Clayton and Widman Road. This time of year, I just encourage you to swing by and see the giant Christmas tree all lit up. Some folks stop off, take a picture there. Very festive. We love the folks at Marie de Villa. And we appreciate you checking out the Kilcoin Conversation. Let's get to it with our guest, Fizzle. Christian rapper, performer, singer, philanthropist, and then I was told, okay, you're going to be meeting Fizzle. And I was like, okay, how do I first of all, how do I spell that? But formerly known as the... Tell us the backstory there.
1: So Fizzle is spelled T-H-I apostrophe S-L. So a lot of people right now will still call me Fizzle. They don't want to get past the the, the new steps Okay <laughs> so, so people still call me Thizzle Because that was your performance name That's my pro- performance yeah. name So I still make music uh, I just don't do it in the capacity that I used to Before I was traveling man At one point 70, 80 times a year Doing tours 32 cities at a time Gone from home a month and a half Living in a tour bus I don't That that's season of my life is over So But I still make music People that uh, They've tracked with me for so long with music, they're not going to let it go. I'm going to be thizzle for them for the rest of the <laughs> No matter how much you try. Oh, yeah, it's thizzle.
0: I told you before you were walking in, I said, I'm interviewing, it's Darius Rucker, but he was always hooting the blowfish, and yeah. his handlers, before a Rams playoff game, they said... And whatever you do, don't call him Hootie. And I, so you're not like that. You're you're no, okay with it like if people because they respect the work you did, and that's why they love you. Yeah.
1: And so now I even put it in my moniker for lack of better words. So I'll say Travis Thizzle Tyler. I take my middle name out and put Thizzle. So I have three first names: Travis, Tremaine, Tyler. So I just took <laughs> Tremaine out, put Thizzle in the middle, and that way the people that know me from Thizzle they'll still identify. It. And the people that really don't, they don't they don't know.
0: So. All right. So for people listening that don't know the story, how did it all start? How did you become Fizzle? How did the whole music career take
1: off? So I grew up in the inner city. I, I grew up in the inner city on the west side, uh, St. Louis. And in my earlier days of life, I was what people would consider a product of your environment. So I, I, I lived in a home with a mother, a single parent, home with my mom. My dad was gone. My mom was working, gone, doing what she was doing, and I was outside. And so when the 90s happened, the era of the 90s, gangs came and drugs came. The part of town that I lived in, my neighborhood, it got hit the hardest. It had a big effect on everyone in my community. And so I I was outside. And when you're outside in an environment, whether you want to be or not in some incidents, it's gonna affect you. And I just so happened to be one of the people that I knew it was gonna affect me, so I wanted to be a part of it in a way that I could, I thought I could control, you, but you can't. And so I was a street, what you call a street guy. I was outside, I was, you know, dibbling, dabbling in the drugs and doing everything.
0: And you're how old at that time?
1: Oh, man, I was outside at 12 years old, oh. like 12, 13. Can I mean, you
0: say no? Because you always hear there's pressure, you, like to 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 get involved. Like if you're a young kid and you say, I don't want to, I want to study, I don't want to be a part of that. And yeah. then they,
1: so some, you know, the movie stuff. A lot of this stuff, not it's not a real thing. So some, if you go outside and some guys are like, you gotta be down or we're gonna jump you. They're probably what you call they fake gang. They're fake gangsters anyway. That's 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 more of like a. A suburban twist to reality. So people like us growing up, I for me myself, I understood why I was out there. I had a need. I was lacking. So I, I had friends at the same time. I I never forget my friend. His his single parent, but his mom and she had a car. She would let him drive. He had every shoe we wanted clothes. And I talked to him one day. We were all sitting outside doing school hours. I've been taking care of myself since I was twelve years old. We were outside doing school hours hanging out on the block. And I said, man, go to school. And he was like, I wanna be out here with y'all. I said, do you understand everything we think we want out here, you already have? By this point, I'm like 15 years old. I've always been a person that thought different. I've always put thought into life. It was just thinking inside of my confine and my environment. So when you go outside like that, there aren't people pressuring you to be in the gang, but what you will have, or people that take advantage of your youthful ignorance so they'll see a person like me and they'll they'll look and say man I know his mom whatever her issue is or I know his dad he's gone I know what his household looks like he needs money so they'll come to you and say hey let me show you how to get some money and teach you how to sell drugs and things of that nature so that's where you'll see the pressure at not from the come be down or we're gonna beat you up and we're gonna kill you but Oh, I know what you need. Let me give you what you need. I'm going to add that pressure right there.
0: And when you're doing it, are you thinking, hey, I got money. I don't care if it's wrong or right. I need the money. Or the whole time, or are you thinking, I got to get out. I got to get out of this. When you're
1: that young, so when you're that young, so try to picture this. You're that young, 12 years old, right? You're in a house, wintertime. You don't have heat. These were real scenarios at one point in my life. You don't have heat. So cold in the house, you got to sleep in a sleeping bag before you get up the next morning you waiting on the sun to come out. You going. You, I'm going to school so I can eat. That, that was my motivation to go to school at one point. I go to school tomorrow, I'm going to eat. So if you're living in that space and you're 12, 13 years old, the consequences are nothing even matters to you. Because at that moment, I, I have this saying that I say all the time, where there's no hope, there's violence. Where there's no hope, there's desperation. So when you... When you think about a day to day life, and you're a a child that young, and you look in your refrigerator and you pull the door open, and I'm I'm just gonna be as real as possible. You open the doors, old milk, might be roaches, you know. You like, I don't. What am I gonna do? Survival. Stay in her. You go into survival mode, and so once you go into survival mode at that young, you do what you have to do to uh, begin to survive. I read this book. I think it was in "Think and Grow Rich" when I was reading. It, it was talking about the cur- uh, human characteristics, like in behavior. When you first introduce to something, when it's wrong, you're appalled by it. You're like, "Oh my gosh, that oh, that doesn't make sense." Then the next time, it's like, you know what? It, it wasn't so bad the last time. I. By the time you five, six times down the line, it it becomes something that you learn to tolerate and you desensitize to. So at that young, that age, that's what happens. You you figure out fast. Okay, I'm going to eat or I'm going to starve. Okay, I'm going to eat. Now, the older I got, the older you get, the more life you experience. For some, everybody doesn't get the experience life, though. But the more life you experience, the older you get, then for some of us, it comes to a place where you look and say, hold on, this is wrong. I want more. And and, and it just depends on what you experience. I know dudes right now that I grew up with, they've never been outside of St. Louis. They've lived in a four-block radius their whole life, so their entire world exists in a four-block square. Every reality of their world, they don't know nobody else outside of there. They only other life they see is on television, and in most cases, your television, your media, your music, your radio, everything is an extension of your immediate life. So it's nothing that's really gonna challenge you. There are only things that are gonna uh, further the way that you believe. But for me, I was blessed enough to have. Uh, an opportunity to see something different, and it changed my whole thought process.
0: Travis Tyler, our guest here in studio. So you obviously turned to music and yes. at what point, and then you say Christian rap. That yeah. probably wasn't as common either, right? I, mean, yeah. now, I, have I don't you, know how common it is, period. <laughs> but it, for
1: you, how did you end up there? Uh, as the scriptures say, out of the mouth flows the abundance of the heart. Mm. My heart changed. And when my heart changed, I always had the talent I had the talent and I was doing rap, but I was rapping about what I was living. But when my heart changed, when I had an encounter with God, I had an incident where I was falsely accused of a crime in 1999 and I was arrested for it and then I got out. Uh, it wasn't a long thing where it was like years, it was days. I got out and I was so, I, I saw the hand of God in it. in in That he getting, got you out. Yeah, you him, mean. him getting me out. I saw the hand of God in it and I was just like, I want to be a part of the solution and not the problem. So I went in the house for like four days, and uh, I don't know if people have ever, if you ever, so I sobered up first. So when you're in the house, you sober up.
0: Like detox yeah, a little like bit.
1: Yeah, like detox. So if you're away from outside for a long time and you don't see trees and stuff, when you come back outside, everything looks big. So I was, like, locked up three, four days, and I went in the house to detox, and I came back out, and everything looked big to me, the trees, the (laughs) houses, and I'm riding, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, and I made it to my neighborhood, and when I made it to my neighborhood for the first time, I saw it different. I saw the drug addicts. And I looked and I was like, man, I saw my friends. I was like, man, I thought about my friends that had died. By this time, I'm 21 years old. I had probably buried, we had probably buried at least 15 to 20 of my friends that I grew up with. I started seeing my friends die when I was 13 years old. Like the first time I ever saw a person die, I I stood over my friend at 15 years old and watched him die after he got shot by somebody. A dude drove past, shot him and we ran down there, and I watched them die. So I'm thinking about all of these things, and I was just like, man, I want to be a part of the solution and not the problem. And from that day forward, I just made a promise to God, myself, my community, uh, my children. I was like, I want to be a part of the solution. And so from that day forward, everything about me changed. I began to read the Bible. I began to uh, serve uh, people in my community, and the more my heart changed, I didn't have to change my talent or change what I rapped about because out of the mouth flows, the abundance of the heart, like it was my genuine thing. I wanted now to turn around and use my talent because I knew rap was such a powerful tool, not just in urban culture, but in the world. I knew rap was such a powerful tool that I knew I had been given that tool to have an impact on my community. And so I began to do music in that capacity at that point.
0: Do you like regular rap? Do you? I mean, I still hear. Songs playing, kid, little kid, young kids are playing. You hear the N word, I'm like, oh yeah. my god! I, some yeah. of it, and I get that it's popular and it sells, but I, some of it I'm, and, and I don't want to sound like the old man on the block, but I am the old man on yeah. the block. I wish they could clean some of that up. I yeah, mean,
1: and I don't think that makes you old to think that. I think it makes us have a certain moral compass. When you hear certain things or you see certain things, it it should bother you, and the fact that it doesn't bother everyone that hears it it shows how much we've been desensitized in culture and so for me um i like the thing that drives me about most music i listen to is the groove and the beat and the melody so i'll hear some songs and it has the groove and the beat and the melody and i'll listen i'll bob my head but there are other songs that i'll hear and i feel the same way you do instantly i'm like man this is just evil. Like what are you saying? I just like, hate hearing that word yeah, and it just yeah. keeps
0: coming up and everywhere yeah. you, it's blasting and it's become mainstream I yeah, guess is what yeah. it is. We,
1: we were at a pool one day. This We were at a pool and it was me and some of my friends and there were other people there that weren't with us and there were uh white people there. We were at the pool. It was summertime. And so the people were playing their music and it was. So in my head I'm thinking through your ears. <laughs> At the pool, I'm like, oh my god, uncomfortable. Yeah, like, I'm like, I know this is making them uncomfortable, so I end up changing the music. Like, hey, let's play this, yeah. you know. So, I, I, how about a little
0: Steely Dan, everyone?
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hootie and the Blowfish? Blowfish right. right? I did. We've talked about that company. I did not know that
0: Darius Rucker. Yeah, we were talking about your name. Darius- your performing name was Fizzle, but of course, it's. Travis Tyler, but Hootie and the Blowfish, yeah, they wanted to say it's Darius Rucker. I
1: blew you away with that. I'm blown away. I can't believe it. (laughs) I did not know that Darius Rucker was Hootie (laughs) from Hootie and the Blowfish. When when did
0: when did thizzle become a thing? Like when did you start hitting the road? Did you have a song, or how did it how did it take off?
1: So uh, one of the first lessons I learned in school, I was always smart in school. Like so, I was a street dude, but growing up, man academics, I excelled every word that they put me. So one of the main things that I learned in school that stuck with me from the first day I heard it was supply and demand. We were probably like fourth grade, third grade. And the teacher was talking about supply and demand. And my little brain said, you mean to tell me if I have something that no one else has that I that people will want it and I could even sell it. And I was like, oh, this is incredible. I'm i talking, it stuck with me all my life. So when I started uh, making music as a Christian, I looked around. I'm going to quote Tupac. Tupac had this. I just left another meeting quoting Tupac. This is crazy. Uh, but uh, Tupac had a line in one of his songs. He said, I saw the weakness in the rap game and sold it. So he's like, I looked at what rap was missing. I knew what I had to offer. And I said, This is what I'm going to do. So that's what I did. When I looked, I looked and said, man, because the first time I heard somebody say. Meaning there was
0: no Christian rap. There was,
1: but the first time, there wasn't nobody like me. Okay. So the first time I heard somebody say Christian rap, and they introduced me to some Christian rappers. I was like, eh, yeah. okay, <laughs> like I wouldn't play this in my car, but yeah. it's all right. I get you, you do you, but yeah, I get the <laughs> sentiment, right? And, but for me, I w- like I was genuinely like a street dude, like I was from the hard part of life. Mm-hmm. So I said, I want to make music that still captures this element of sound but that has different words right and, and so, different meaning and different meaning and so that's what i started doing so when people would hear my music the beats the production everything it'll be like oh my goodness what's this and here i am no misogyny no curse words no killing all of it is uplifting and it's and, and, and even with my songs, my songs weren't just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus on the cross. My I was song, trying to think of what rhymes yeah. with Jesus. Please us. Yeah. So I'm, trying
0: to, I'm over here in my head trying to help. Watch. I'm a dork out now. I was trying to like rap in my head here. So I, I wasn't. This I, is when you get up and walk out. Did he just run Jesus with, with pleases? pleases? Okay. So I wasn't just
1: <laughs> rapping Jesus over and over and over again. I was taking these life stories and applying application to them i was mm-hmm. i was using life application more than anything and so when people were hurt they were like oh my goodness this is crazy so i i knew my market instantly mm-hmm. i oh when i first began i got pushback from more pushback from the church people than anybody because it still sounded hard right but once it got into the hands of the youth they were like oh my goodness this is incredible what is this and so it just took off i sold I was in, I lived in Pine Line at this point in a side room. So this was like 2007, uh, like 2007 or something like that. Nine, 2009, August 11, 2009, I released my album, uh, Chronicles of an Ex Hustler. I was living in a side room in Pine Line and I sold 10,000 CDs out that side room. Nobody knew who I was. Now, for people that know music, selling 10,000 CDs. On your own was a big deal, wow. and, and, it, and it just went from there. And so from there, I knew the game. I knew, I knew from the streets what to do when you make money. It's like, oh, I just made these few thousands – okay, the first thing I'm going to do now is I'm going to go and take some money and reinvest it into marketing, and, and I'm going to do another Still music hustling. video. just a yeah, different, just kind, a different right? kind, right? I'm going to do a music video, and I'm going to do some marketing. I'm going to pay this website to post it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put this over there. And so I just continued and continued and continued to just climb at it and continue to get better, and, and it just kept going.
0: Well, such a great story. Now I know you're doing great things, philanthropy, flight, 100. Tell Flight me about 100. Flight, Flight 100. You've yeah. got the shirt on. looks like the <laughs> Illinois Fighting Redbird here. We've got Flight 100. <laughs> yeah. Shockey's here from the foundation. Tell us what Flight 100's about.
1: So Flight 100, uh, I did, so in the midst of me traveling, and, um, and I, I traveled with this speaker for like eight years, and we traveled, and we would always go to universities. So we kept going to universities and colleges, and every night we went, man, there would be thousands of kids there. And so I was impressed about that, but I was more impressed about I was like, why do you, one day I asked him, I said, why do you come to universities? And he said, that was the point in my life that I, I had the most trouble, the most issues. He said, I just left home. My faith was challenged. I, I was felt lost. I felt this. And I was like, it makes sense. He said, so I know there are other kids who are just like that. So for me, I sat back at that point and I started thinking about my legacy work my life work, what do I want people to know me for when I'm not here no more? What is it that I want to leave? What flag do I want to put in the ground? And so I sat and said, man, I want to work with boys, teenage boys, because sixth grade, that's where my whole life changed. The, the drugs were introduced, the gangs, you learned about girls, everything. Like I learned about drugs in sixth grade class from one of my friends. So sixth grade is a pivotal point for young boys. You're leaving fifth grade. You're starting to think you're older. Then you get there, you get knocked back down because you're in sixth grade. You got the eighth graders. The girls start looking like girls. Before sixth grade, we thought the girls were boys. We just played with them. We didn't know what they were. They come in sixth grade, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, she's a girl. Like, she's cute. So all of these things start to process and change and change and change. So, so you're
0: trying to get the kids at that age get the kids where it changed for age, you.
1: Where it changed for me. And when I think about so I spent, like, the past twenty years I spent working with nonprofits, building programs, curriculums from St. Louis to Australia. And everywhere that I would go, every program that existed, they own they start like we were mentoring men coming home from prison, uh, thirty years. So between twenty 18 2017 and 19 I mentored like 180 men that came home from prison, wow. federal and state. But they've been there 30 years, 10, 15. And I'm looking like, man, this is a good work. But now when I go outside, the biggest issue we have in St. Louis right now, one of the biggest when it comes to crime, we're trying to figure out what to do with the 17, the 15, the the the, the you know, the 12 year olds. And so When you look and you think about solving problems, if you get there when the problem already exists, you're doing Band-Aid work. You're doing Mm -hmm. repairing. And so Frederick Douglass has a quote. It says, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Mm -hmm. And so that's when it hit me. I'm not going to wait until they've been in prison 20 years. I'm not going to wait until they're 17 years old downtown walking with a machine gun. If we really want to fix these problems, you think about five years from now, who's going to be causing the problems? The 10-year-olds, the 11-year-olds, the 12-year-olds. So I was like, let's do this. Let's go get them before we get to that point. And so the motto behind Flight 100 is, before I thought I could save the world, That's how I, I was so happy to be alive. I was so happy for the grace of God I had received, I ran around trying to save the world, and it wiped me out. And so when it wiped me out, I said, that's not my job. My job isn't to save the world. My job is to reproduce myself. And so with Flight 100, it comes from the saying, one can send 10 to flight, 10 can send 100, 100 can send 1,000, 1,000 can send 100,000, 100,000 can send a million. So my job is to go find that one, pull him in close, work with him, go back. Let teach him the same motto. This is what you do. You go show somebody else this. That one will make 10. That one will make 10. Those 10 will make 100. And before you know it, I produced a million.
0: Like teach a man to fish. Teach,
1: right. And, and he'll never go hungry. And so I know it works because it worked for me. That's what happened to me. So How I, do
0: people listen and find out more or get involved? Because it's a great program, great idea. Mentoring, it sounds yeah. like. What, Flight 100? Where do they find out more information? So it's
1: flight100foundation.org. The 100 is the number. One zero zero. One zero zero yeah. foundation.org dot uh, If they're on Facebook or Twitter, they can at T-H-I-S-L. They can see my pages. I post about it uh, all the time. We'll be posting about it a lot this month because we're like so we're this is we're starting this out because we're meeting the need with Flight 100. But I've been doing this for 20 years, going to jails, schools, juvenile centers, building curriculums, programs. And so we're ramping it up right now. Uh, this is the this is the time of the year for it. So November 28th is Giving Tuesday, and so we're just calling on as many people as we can to help us uh, raise as much as we can. So next year we can go. My my mission with this is to be able to provide a free service to St. Louis Public Schools. When you go to public schools and you go to communities that are underprivileged. When I did music, I had the same motto. So when I did music, whether I went to a church or I went to a university or I went to an organization, when I went to those places, I went to the places that I they could afford to pay me. And when they paid me, if I travel 50, 60 times a year and they can afford to pay me, guess what I did every year when I came home? The juvenile centers in St. Louis. They like, oh, we can only give you 300. I don't care what you can give me, I'm coming because this is my life work. So the schools in St. Louis, so many of our schools in the St. Louis public system, are already underfunded and under, you know, understaffed. They have all of these different issues. One of the biggest issues we have in communities, whether whatever office or place or space the person comes from, or people pulling resources from underprivileged places. So I am a person that understands my value. I I've been speaking. I've been getting booked to speak. I know I can get paid to speak and get booked to speak. I will continue to get booked to speak. But I'm not going to pull money out of St. Louis Public Schools, out of schools in any any neighborhood and community that's understaffed and under budget and don't have money so that's why we created flight 100 too so we'll be able to raise funds through our network throughout the world for people to have a passion for the same things that we have a passion for and they will be able to send us into these places and be able to go in here and not just go in and talk but leave tangible things we go in and teach a curriculum leadership worldview community we go in and we pull them back to a, a, a space where they could come and be a part of what we have going on outside of the school and we do ex- and do some in, uh extensive mentoring with them so we need all the help that we can get uh, coming up into this next this fourth quarter. It's like the it's like the sports fourth yep. quarter, baby. We need it's some crunch shots time, up. baby. It's crunch, crunch time. We fourth need some quarter. points on the board.
0: Flight100Foundation.org. Our guest has been Travis Tyler, formerly known as Thizzle. Pleasure getting to meet you. You too. I appreciate you having me
1: out so much. Thank you, guys.
0: Well, I really hope you enjoyed that visit. I found him engaging, inspiring, all of the above. It's unbelievable the feedback we got. So. The more times I can share his story, I'm happy to do that. All of the Kilquand Conversations can be found at scoopswithdannymack.com. We've had our great talk, which Dan and I do on Mondays. Bounced for a couple of weeks, my fault. I was I had an event, then I was sick. I gotta tell you, I think everybody I know is sick. It's, it's either the cough, the cold, mostly the cough, the respiratory thing, this is a real deal. It's, I'm about a week and a half in and it's still kind of lingering. But the point is, go to scoopsatdannymac.com. get all of that great content, including past episodes of the Kill Coin Conversation. You'll find great talk on there, Pucks with Panger, we're doing Darren Pang visits on there, talking hockey, his travels with the NHL Network and TNT and all of that. And you can always get us at Spotify and iTunes, we appreciate our great sponsors, we have the Missouri Athletic Club, such a beautiful spot, the two locations and if you're a business owner and you like to socialize or entertain, it's great for that. Service is awesome. Food's even better. So many connections to be made. If you're in business and you're not a member at the MAC, you should look into it. mac-stl.org. Marie de Villa Senior Living. Been talking a lot about that beautiful tree that's up. Check it out. Corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. Looking for a retirement living? Go to Marie de Villa. Dot .com you can take a senior take a t- virtual tour of the senior facilities online at marinavilla.com appliance discounters the appliance discounters.com all around the St. Louis area start the search online the appliance discounters.com it is that simple pasta house studios that's where we're coming to you from 19 area locations you can order online or if you're out and about just stop by a good way to take a Christmas shopping break. Stop into your neighborhood pasta house. Each location is unique. There is no cookie cutter formula for what the inside looks like. I think all of them are beautiful and just great food. Friendly people, pasta house studios, we appreciate their support of this show, as well as Triad Bank, St. Louis-based since 2005. That's a five-star rated bank. For all your banking needs, it is Triad Bank. I'm Martin Kilkman. Thanks for tuning in. Starting to feel better getting rid of this cold cough once and for all. And looking forward to a great stretch here of segments. We've got a lot to get to, including Bruce Weber, former Illini coach, K-State coach, now living in St. Louis. That's a fun visit. A lot to get to right here on the Kill Coin Conversation.